out. What's going on, guys? This is Gene Jensen, and we're going to go a little, a little old school real quick. But this is Friday Night Live. The old school intro. How's that? Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me get over to the comments, get everything rocking and rolling. Whoo, what a day. What a week, actually. I've been catching giants this week. It's been a lot of fun. I feel bad for everybody who is uh, fishing the KBF, the Georgia KBF uh, State Challenge. Uh, yeah, we've been doing pretty good. But anyway, pretty awesome. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for all the likes. If you guys haven't hit the thumbs up, be sure to hit the thumbs up. We'll let everybody jump on here. Uh, Lewis Goins, what's going on, man? What's going on, James? James Demille or Demi? I can't. I can't tell if it's an I or an L. Uh, welcome, Terry. Welcome, welcome everybody. Matt Birch, how you doing, man? How you doing? Good to see you, man. Oh man. Uh, Logan White, Caden McClellan, Bradley uh, Hamry, welcome. Goodness, goodness. Um, yeah, it's been a pretty good week. I've, I've been. I just kind of. The kids started school yesterday, which is my favorite day of the year, and uh, you know I was just I was able to concentrate just on fishing. So I uh, didn't. I shot one video today, which I hope Jordan can get it edited tonight before we go to bed uh, on another fish finder video, which is really really cool. But uh, but anyway, Kinfolk Farm, what's going on, y'all? Hey, this dude right here, Kinfolk Farm. I uh, um. I, I, he goes to my dad's church. I went to my dad's church, goes to my mom's church, lives. I don't know where you live now. He's got a farm. But uh, he's got me wanting to do a farming channel, something fierce, because I do the same thing he does. I just don't put it on video. Anyway, that'd be awesome. What's going on, Ed, Chris, Dale, Kyler Jennings? What's up, brother? Uh, Caleb Scott, Thomas Goodner, Goodner. I just It just popped out of the way. I can't see it anymore. Man, these comments are coming quick. Coming quick. All right, real quick. Since we got about 140 people, uh, Brent Coleman, thanks for the $20 dono, man. I really appreciate it. You're awesome. You are totally awesome. Now, um, the giveaway. At the end of each month, I'm giving away a $50 gift certificate to my website, to flukemaster.com, and and I'm going to retro. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to uh, go back and I'm going to give the the previous winner of last month this too, and a $50 tech warehouse gift certificate. So, um, at the end of the month, I'm just going to donate that. The way you enter is you go to my website, you buy a sticker, $5 sticker. You get it shipped to you when you get it, stick it on something, take a picture of it, put it on Instagram and uh, do hashtag stuck on fluke and tag me. That's it. That's all you got to do. And at the end of the month, I search through those, pick somebody at random and pick a winner. So it is pretty awesome. Pretty cool. So you guys go ahead and do that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, goodness gracious, uh, a a Ron 24 thoughts on college football. I'm bummed. Uh, we haven't heard anything from the SEC yet, so I'm not bummed quite yet. But uh, it, it whatever happens, happens. So honestly, football is usually when college football starts, it's usually when my vi my views of my videos go start to tank. So I'm gonna, I'm interested to see what it does this year. Uh, now that there's not going to be a whole lot of college football, but I am going to be probably, I, I'm gonna be depressed. If Georgia can't play. So uh Caden McClellan, welcome, man. He says, Hey, I'm 13 years old. Uh for what uh, looking for a way to fish tournaments and I need a kayak. So my um, 
uh, may do a kayak video, a kayak giveaway. Uh, I'd have to get with Bonafide and see. That's one of those things. Um, I'm still waiting on them to get caught up. I haven't gotten my kayak this year. I was supposed to get it in May or April. I was supposed to get it in April, and uh, they've been so backed up because of COVID. I, I'm still waiting. But I'll talk to them, see if we can do one later on. That would be awesome. Um, let's see. What do you think of Wilderness Systems uh, looking at a Radar 115? Um, I really haven't got a whole lot of experience with the Wildies uh, radars. Um, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, I, I paddled the, what's the 14 footer? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but I paddled it uh, several years ago when Chad loaned me one. So, um, <laughs> Preston, even if they can play, they won't win. <laughs> oh, Cornhuskers fan. Goodness. Uh, Johnny Ariel, it's been a hot in the Midwest. Had a pretty good pattern finding them grouped up, catching them deep cranking. Question is, we had a cold front. The fish broke up and they didn't go to the banks. Now, they, they kind of did the same thing on my lakes. We had a cold front move through and we had about a seven, eight degree drop. And they went from 12 to uh, 12 to 15 feet up to the 10 foot range. They just moved up a few feet and they went and found cover in that, at that depth. And if that, the cover they were recent currently in, or if, let me start over. If they were in cover that was 10 to 15 feet deep, but also that cover went up to the, uh, to the 10 or the eight foot range, they just stayed there and just moved up shallower. They started to suspend a little bit more. And I had to start catching them on like uh, something that fell really, really slow. I had to lighten up my Texas rig and a couple other things. So, uh, yeah, they do funky things when that kind of happens. But uh, I did catch a good one today. Matter of fact, the one that is in the on the um, what do they call it the um, the thumbnail for this video. Uh, I caught it yesterday. It was a twenty and a quarter. Moved me up to like a hundred and eight inches or something like that on the uh, on the challenges. So. Um, man, that's a funny comment. <laughs> Thanks, Preston. I needed that. Uh, da, 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 da. Michael, happy Friday, man. Uh, all the way from San Francisco. Just got into bass fishing, learned everything I know from the Flute Master. That's so awesome, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You guys remember to hit the thumbs up or the like button if you ever on Facebook. Uh, what, what's a good worm color for nighttime? I actually usually, my rule of thumb is if I can't see light through it, it's good for nighttime and good for muddy conditions. So I'll hold it up to the light and if the light doesn't shine through it, I use it. Uh, dark colors, green pumpkin works good. Um, and if you're fishing, the only, the only change to that is if you're fishing boat docks that have lights in them at night, use a, a dark color, but puts, have some glitter in it, you know, green pumpkin magic. Something to reflect that light is uh, a huge trick. It works great. Say, uh, Mac and Shannon King, favorite jig setup, bait rod reel, etc. Favorite jig setup is a seven foot three heavy. Um, the uh, I've got one of the new Fate Blacks. It's really really good. I think that one's like a ninety dollar rod, eighty nine dollar rod. But a seven foot three heavy has always been my favorite action and length. Uh, rod, even back when I was fishing with Dobbins a hundred years ago. Um, reel is always going to be an eight, three to one, eight, eight, just a high speed reel. Eight, one to one, eight, five to one is the new, uh, new concept A's and C's are like eight, five to one. 
Um, and then line is 20 pound fluorocarbon to start with. And if I'm fishing muddy water or really thick, heavy cover, I'm going to up it to 65 pound braid. Jig are usually the ones I make myself. Um, I, I'm, I have, I bought a three or 400 jig heads several years ago. They're in a box in my barn. And when I want to make a jig, I just pull one out, tie one up and, and, you know, make three or four of them and go fishing. So, all right. Um, Wow, you guys are killing me in the comments. They're going fast. That's awesome. David, man, thanks for the five bucks. Five dollar super sticker. I don't know what the super stickers are. I got to figure that out. I keep forgetting to look. So um, let's see. Can you can you going to Phoenix, Arizona to fishing? I don't understand that question, Brandon. I'm sorry. Favorite topwater bait this time of year? Um, Ohio, shout out. Whew, I've got, well, my favorite topwater bait of all time is a clear super spook junior. I fished it on Clark's Hill, which is a blueback herring lake and caught thousands of fish on one. I mean, I went through, I don't know how many, uh, I'd wear them out. I did get to the point where you couldn't see through them anymore because they had so many teeth scratches on it from fish. That's probably my favorite. Now for thick stuff, it's going to be the, uh, the 13 fishing trash panda. Uh, I'm very partial to that, but I've tested it I, and I had a lot of input when they were designing it about how the hooks were supposed to be and and how easy it was supposed to be to collapse. It didn't have to be too easy, but it needed to be able to collapse easy. It floats right out of the box. So you don't got to take on water. It's a there's a ton of different things I love about that thing. And it walks like a dream. But goodness, goodness. Andrew McCartney, thanks for the $10 super sticker. You guys going to make me figure out what that thing is. It, it pops up every once in a while. You, you guys will start donating them and I forget to look afterwards. But thank you, man. I appreciate it. You're awesome. You are awesome. Uh, Lee Wells, thanks for the five bucks. He says, any tips to find fish without fish finders? Don't have any on my boat right now and can't get, get any. <clears throat> then all you got is the rod, the bait, and your eyeballs. And so what I do is and basically i just keep an eye out and I'm, I'm looking for certain things and i've said this in a lot of different videos where i talk about finding fish is look for bait fish ticking on the surface you're looking for a part of the the area of the lake or or an area that has a higher concentration of life than you than any other place on the lake or any other place you've been so if you can find a place that's got a lot of bait ticking on the surface birds on the bank you know the fish eating birds like blue herons um egrets and that kind of stuff if you see birds on the bank then that's a dead giveaway that there's a lot of a uh, lot of bait there and you're looking for the food the bass are going to eat then you start when you once you find that then you start finding places the bass would be to catch that food like in a brush pile or in rocks or on a point you got a point that comes out from the bank and it, it's going to go out into the water and you're going to fish around that area um, you're going to be throwing at things that you can see mainly, and then just have fun, dude. But that's the trick. You're looking for life. They got to eat, dude. Then they're, and they're, and they're lazy. They don't want to go far. So best rod to flip and punch with and frog fish flip punch frog. Um, Woo. See, when I frog fish, I like a short rod. Most of you guys know that. I like a six foot six, six ten. I don't like a, a really, really long rod. But the majority of people like a seven foot six or longer heavy action rod for frogging, for punching, and for flipping. So seven six, seven eleven. Uh, I know some guys are starting to use the eight foot 
uh, heavy rods to do that with. The biggest thing is, is when you're flipping and punching with it, you've got to have one that's fairly balanced. It can be a little tip heavy with the bait on and everything else, but fairly balanced or it just wears you out during the day if you're doing it all day long. So S&S Outdoors. Man, I haven't seen you in a while. How's it going, man? He says, good, good places in mid-north Georgia for big bass and what to catch them on. Also, how do I know where drop-offs are when I'm on my kayak? Thanks. Um, Drop-offs are, I always, you got to have a fish finder to find them most of the time. Unless you're just lucky and you're dragging on the bottom and all of a sudden you lose contact with your bait and you see that it's falling some more. You either just came over top of a limb and it's falling or you just dropped off of a ledge. Um, but uh, good places to fish in middle North Georgia. The new Hard Labor Creek Reservoir is really, really good. Uh, most of the county reservoirs, um, the best thing to do is to go on the DNR website and look into the fishing section of it. And you can find places to fish uh, searching by county. And just search your surrounding counties, dude, and you'll find good places. There's so many good places that, that have big fish, but Hard Labor Creek in about three or four years is going to be on unbelievable. Uh, just the fishing, the fish there are really, really healthy. They're not huge right now, but in four, three, you know, two, three, four, five years, it's going to be great. So, um, Kurt. Weiss Mueller, I've never caught a fish on a Carolina rig. Any advice where to start? Start fishing it. <laughs> yes. No, you probably fished it. I'm sorry. I'm just busting your tail. Um, best thing to do is to go. I, I throw Carolina rigs like on points and on offshore humps and drop-offs and things like that. Um, kind of the same places I would throw a jig uh, to start with if you're just trying to catch fish on it. They're really good in short grass that's on the bottom, not real good in tall grass. And so that's the biggest thing. People say, oh, it's Carolina rigs made for grass. No, it's better for offshore stuff. It's better for deep stuff um, and short, short grass. And you'll, you'll catch them, dude. And when you get bit, you want to hammer down on them, lower it down and sweep that hook set to the side and you'll, and you'll catch the fish. If you set over your top, over top of your head, the chances of you jerking that, that bait out of the fish's mouth, it goes way, way up. So um how about tim and matt from tackle bass and moving to chick yeah i heard rumor about that of that about two three months ago uh that's awesome dude that's awesome maybe they'll want to collaborate people now i don't know but uh dude that's they're they're moving where the big fish are i just hope that it stays that way with the uh with the um what do they call it the the carp that are moving up out of kentucky lake and moving up tennessee river that's my biggest concern is that those uh those carp are gonna mess things up. So uh got any tips for fishing big, big lakes? Just got a bona fide and is wondering how to target my local lake. Pick a creek arm, pick a a small section of the lake and and dissect it and fish just that section for a few days. Um and that's that's how I do any big lake on my kayak. Gunnersville, I'm getting ready for the national championship. Uh, in October and I'm, I'm narrowing that part of the lake down to, you know, just smaller and smaller until I figure out what few Creek arms I want to go, uh, spend time in. And that's basically what I'm going to do. That's the best way to do it. Don't look at it as a big lake. Look at it as a whole bunch of little lakes put together and just pick a little lake. Ed Cook, thanks for the 10 bucks, man. I appreciate it. It says in past video, you listed a basic set of three rods to cover all bases, all fast action. 
you then talk about moderate action. Yeah, that would be the additional to that three, those three rods. Then you talk about moderate action. If I were take uh, trying to stick to three rods set up for bank fishing, should any be moderate action? No, because you can get by with a medium fast action rod used like a moderate action rod. It's got a little bit more flex in it. Um, but it's stiff enough to be able to, to, to where you can catch up with the fish fast and they don't get you hung up in whatever's on the bank. Uh, but the, a moderate rod would be that fourth or maybe even the fifth rod. So, but you can get by I, my best friend for years and he probably still does fishes deep diving crankbaits on a jig rod, a heavy action or a medium heavy seven foot six jig rod. And I used to bust his balls big time about it, but he caught fish. And so that's, that was a big thing. But uh, yeah, dude, that's, that's kind of what I was talking about. When is a good indication that the bass are on transition, transition into early fall patterns? They start to migrate and they start to concentrate on them in the mouths of major creeks in a, or anywhere. If you got a lot of water flow coming somewhere into the lake, the mouth of that water flow or that creek, they're going to concentrate there first. And it will be as the water temperature starts to drop and it usually about low 70s mid to low 70s you'll start to see them migrate that way that's a rule of thumb it's not that's not gospel so sean lay man thanks for the five bucks he says hope you're doing well have you tried new concept z slide the spool on mine sounds like it catches on something in free spool have you heard of that i have not tried one i've held them in my hand but i haven't tried them that you would have to, I, seriously, Sean, the first thing you need to do is call them or get a hold of them somehow. Their real guy is phenomenal. He's been doing it for years and years and years. Uh, not the guy that designed it. He's also been doing it for a hundred years, but the, their real repair guy is a freaking stud and he'll help you out, man. Definitely. Uh, Josh, thanks for the five bucks. He says, uh, you inspired me to get into yak fishing. My question is, if you could only have three lures Three lure setups. What would you recommend for a new kayaker? Three, uh, a spinning rod to start with, a medium action spinning rod. That way, if the bite gets tough, you can go and throw some light, light stuff on light line. Um, a medium heavy uh, fast action or or uh, or extra fast rod, but a fast action would probably be good. It doesn't matter. Those, there's not much difference between the two. And then a uh, a medium fast action. And those are the three, if you ask for my three basic rods, whether I'm bank fishing or in a kayak, those are the three I'm going to go with because they cover most everything. And then if you get into the heavy stuff, like I'm dragging, um, I'm dragging jigs right now. I'm going to throw a heavy action rod uh, or heavy power rod. And I'm going to just so I can get a strong hook set on the big fish that I'm catching. So anyway, cool, man. Thanks for the five bucks. Let's see. I'm going to back up a little bit. I know I skipped a whole bunch of comments. Um, Kevin Kenny, man, thanks for that. I appreciate it. So thanks for the great content. I'm new to fishing and I've learned a lot from you. I appreciate you, man. Rod Row, what's the secret to getting up to up at 5 a.m.? I wish I knew. Go to bed early. Uh, go to bed at 9. <laughs> uh, my only problem is my wife likes to stay up and watch TV, so I can't go to bed quite so quite that early. I wish I could, though. What affordable rod does 13 have for fishing a chatter bait specifically? They now have a chatter crank rod in just about every model. So you look for that rod and, and um, that's a great rod for a chatter bait. It's great for like heavy spinner baits and that kind of stuff. 
it says chatter crank, but it's not good for like light square bills. It's good for deep diving crankbaits and uh, lipless crankbaits and that kind of stuff. So it's just a little bit stiffer. Um, Aiden Whitaker, man, I love that, that picture right there. Go dogs. Uh, we caught a bunch of busting bass with poppers and walking baits, but could have caught a lot more. What should we have thrown? Also go dogs. I've had fish blown up all over me this week. Um, and I catch them on little paddle tail swim baits when I want to, but I've been ignoring them and catching big ones on structure in the area. I'll see small ones busting bait and chasing bait up on the surface and that kind of stuff. And then I'll go look around and see what drops and rock piles and, and logs and stumps are in that area using my fish finder, mark them and then come back and fish them and catch big ones. So, all right, let's see. Connor M. I've been having a hard time with the Ned rig. Got any advice? Uh, are you missing fish? Are you just not catching fish? Uh, what exactly are you doing? Um, uh, biggest thing about a Ned rig is, is when you feel the bite, you got to lay the wood to them. Have your drag set right so you don't break your line, but set the hook over your head and set them pretty hard. So don't be a wussy. Set your hook. Uh, Todd Bain, thanks for the 10 bucks. It says, fishing Altoona this weekend. Any recommendations? Red Top Mountain area. <clears throat> now, I haven't fished Altoona in about, eh, seriously, in probably about 16 years. Um, I always catch fish in the along Altoona Pass, um, which is just south of Red Top Mountain. Um, the, all the points that are around Red Top Mountain are really good this time of the year. And then look for brush piles on the end of points. And they'll be right there. I'm not sure what bait. I don't know what the color, water clarity is, but that's usually the places I catch them. So, um, Caden D Outdoor says, would you use a seven foot medium moderate for chatter baits and swim jigs? Seven foot to medium moderate for chatter baits and swim jigs. I, if it's a, if it's fairly stiff, yes, I would. Um, mine are all seven foot two, seven foot four. They're medium moderate, but they've got a little bit more backbone than what a typical deep diving crankbait rod would be, but you can still get the hook set. I mean, you just got to pull a little bit harder and it's not much harder. Uh, I just do so much fishing. I can tell the difference, I guess. I, um, uh, but you should be all right doing that. Uh, Illuminathan. 79 says, I'm getting a bona fide SS-127 tomorrow. You inspired me uh, always to get into kayak fishing. Uh, it literally saved my life. Thanks, Gene. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. And have fun with that stinking thing. Modify it the way you want to modify it. Make it yours and have a blast, man. Absolutely. Tell you, my favorite way to fish off that thing is to drop one of the straps. You know, the straps tighten up on your seat. Drop one of the straps and and spin and sit side saddle and fish off the side of your boat. Just comfortable feet in the water, staying cool. So, um, should I fish jigs in clear grassy water? I haven't caught anything with a jig and I've been wanting to learn how to, I do a bit. I have a better luck with like bare hard bottoms and kind of rocky gravelly banks and that kind of stuff with a jig. Um, with a, with grass, I'm throwing a swim jig cause I'm, uh, the swim jig is, it got a, a cone shaped uh, head and it's made to come through that grass a lot easier and I'm not so much fishing it on the bottom. So uh, a regular jig works really good on hard bottom and that kind of stuff. 
and a swim jig works really good in grass. Um, when do you use a leader, uh, if at all, fishing for bass? I use a leader when I'm fishing clear water but I need the strength of braid. Uh, the and what comes to mind is like dock fishing. I want in a dock fishing in clear in a clear lake. I want the braid so the line, if the bass wraps me around a pole or something like that, the braid's you know not not going to break and not going to again hold together a little bit better. And a short leader. Another time I would use it is like I always use them on a spinning rod 100 percent of the time where it's a, a braided line to a fluorocarbon leader because braid is so has such fewer problems, so many fewer problems on a spinning reel than uh, any other line does. Um, out of a kayak, it's a good idea. I don't do it because I have a, a freaking, uh, I have a hook set that almost throws me out of the boat every time. Um, but on a kayak, it's really good because you make up for a lot of that hook set power that you lose because your boat goes towards the fish when you set the hook. So Jeff Beton, thanks for the five bucks. He says, do you fish square bills in the summer? hitting 90 degrees in uh, the Northeast, rough fishing these days. I don't. I fish worms on the bottom. I fish plastic worms. I fish uh, creature baits, uh, lizards. Uh, I do a lot of deep cranking. I'm bouncing and staying close to the bottom or, or close to cover. I don't throw square bills very much unless I'm in an area that's all shallow water with a lot of different cover. And then I'm looking for that reaction bite. They do work, but you got to be in the right areas. So... Rocky Top 522, thanks for the five bucks. He says, thanks for all your content and advice. New to KBF and wondering what size rod do you recommend for Carolina rig out of a kayak? Seven foot six, medium heavy. Uh, no matter what, no matter what you're fishing out of. Seven, six, medium heavy or longer. Um, you'll just, you'll thank me later. It's it's one of those things where it's it's a staple for me. Uh, do, 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 do. What knot do you use for topwater frog? I always use braided line for a topwater frog. Uh, always and i'm always tying a palomar knot with braided line when i'm tying directly to a lure with braid always a palomar knot it never has slipped on me it never has given me issues there's no reason to try any other crazy knot that somebody says that one is is awesome it works what's your opinion on braided fluorocarbon braided fluorocarbon never heard of it so i guess that's my opinion um do you have any tips on re or recommendations for when you are stuck fishing in one spot? Uh, for example, piece of property on lake and boat ramp. If that person, if you're on somebody's property and you can't go off of it, if that person will allow you to put a fisher tractor out in, uh, out in the water, make four or five PVC style fisher tractors. There's tons of YouTube videos out there about them and put them out there in, you know, a cast away and it'll help draw those fish in. Uh, I don't know what kind of lake that is, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. Boat ramps uh, are a little trickier. There's always fish that hang out at the end of the ramp. Uh, you just have to get out of people's way when they're putting in and out. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I would do is I'd put brush out where you can make a cast to it. David Fields, my brother. What's up, man? And uh, he done donated 50 bucks. What's up, man? He said, what's up, homie? Uh, sorry, late to the party. What uh, What do you think of Tim and Matt moving to your backyard? I, I Somebody already asked that question. So, yeah, you are late to the party, bro. Um, 
Dude, I'm excited. I hope. See, in, in the past, they haven't wanted to do. I have. I've noticed that they haven't wanted to do collabs, and I'd love to do collaborative videos with them. I'd love to pick their brain because, gosh almighty, to be able to to pull their experience from out in California. Now, I've known Matt for many, many years, and seen what he's been able to do out in California. I love and can't wait to see what they can do here in Chickamauga. So, they're awesome. Um, what is the airspeed velocity of unladed swan? <laughs> oh, Matthew. Golly, I love that movie. <laughs> What's your go-to weight size on Texas rig? Not deep water fishing. Not deep water fishing. I'm going to start with a quarter ounce. If it's grassy and I want to stay above it, I'm going to go down to an eighth ounce. But a quarter ounce is usually where I start when I'm fishing fairly shallow. <laughs> Uh, what am I doing wrong losing bass when they jump? Um, couple of things. You get a better hook. I, I, I'm saying this for a reason. I was fishing. Jordan and I were fishing the other day, and he was 50 yards away from me. He hooked into a fish, and I watched him. I watched the rod bend. I watched the fight, and as soon as that and it was a good solid hook set. I could tell that. But as soon as that fish jumped, that bait popped out of that fish's mouth. And I looked at him and I yelled at him. And I said, change hooks now. And he pulled that hook out and it was bent. It had been squished in for some reason. And uh, he changed hooks. It didn't have a problem. A lot of times it's you're not hooking, setting the hook hard enough um, or your hook is dull and you need to change out or uh, your the style of hook you're using isn't working quite right. That gets a little technical. I'd have to make a whole nother video about it, but that's, that's kind of the issues. Only a few times have I been able to identify the fact that I'm catching fish or they're hooking, they're, they're biting, but they're clamping down on my bait so hard that I can't get a hook into them. And that happened a couple of years ago when I was fishing with, um, oh gosh, John Cox, the FLW champion, him and I were on, we're kayak fishing on Bienville and we were catching them on chatterbaits, but literally we'd fight them and fight them and fight them. And the minute they'd come out of the, out of the water and open their mouth, it would just spit right back at us. And the, the way we fixed that is we started triple setting. So we'd set the hook on the fish and then start going, whoa, 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 as you know, keeping the line somewhat tight, but pulling it and trying to get that fish to free it up just enough to get a hook in them. So that was the only time I could absolutely identify what was going on. That doesn't happen very often. So uh brian mears from facebook says new to kayak fishing and purchased a lawrence hook to four uh four 4x and cannot find anything on youtube to learn how to use it help please and love your channel um i don't know much about what lawrence is doing to 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 show people how to use those you know how to use their stuff but what I've started doing in the video I actually filmed today is I go out in the water and I put the camera in front of my fish finder and I set the fish finder up where it's down imaging and regular sonar and a map. And I go around and I point out what things are. And I show you how I find bass. Today I was actually able to catch a few that I saw in the fish finder. So it should be pretty good. And, and that's, I hope to help you guys, no matter what fish finder you have, help, hope to help you guys learn more about what you're seeing by doing those videos. 
So, uh, but look at those style videos. I know there's a few other guys that are doing something similar. So look up that kind of stuff. And then your settings on the hook too should be already set for you. At least that's what my understanding is. Enjoy your videos. They always give me good info. What is that white thing on your cap? This thing right here. See if I can get into focus. This is called the angler's angler bullseye. And I don't know, you're not gonna be able to see it because of the lighting, but when I hit it, a little red light, there it goes. Little red light lights up in the center. And what that does is it sends a signal to the app on my phone, the angler app. And when I catch a fish after I've released it or done whatever I need to with it, I reach up here and I hit the button. It sends the information to my app. It remembers by using it through the app, it remembers what the weather was, what the, uh, what the wind was, what the barometric pressure was. Why is it having trouble focusing now? It's crazy. But anyway, and it saves a ton of information. You can even put lures and the rods you're using and use it as a, as a log book and that kind of stuff. But you can go back at the end of your trip and evaluate what was going on weather-wise when you caught that fish or what you did different. And it also traces you around on a map. It's pretty cool. It uses Google Earth and, it, and you can follow yourself and where you, fought, where you fished. So you're able to reevaluate your days. My fishing, since I started using that a year and a half ago, my fishing... And my ability to, to change stuff and to move and to, and to see things happening weather-wise has gone through the roof. And I'm not sponsored by them. They don't pay me to do this. I wear this because I use it. And I use it all the time. I got two more in my truck just in case this one dies or, you know, they're good for two years. But, uh, but dude, they're awesome. And the app's awesome. So definitely check it out. And at the in my videos, all, most of my videos, there's a link in the description. You can click on them click on that link and it takes you over and shows you, tells you all the information you need to know about it. So, uh, all right, let's get caught back up. I know I'm way behind on comments and I appreciate, I appreciate you guys being patient with me. Uh, Hey, are you going to compete in the 2021 KBF national championship for right now? Yes. But my son Jordan also qualified for it. So, uh, I haven't looked at the rules yet. It may be that, um, he has to have somebody, an adult following him. If he's under 18, I'm not sure. I got to check. It might be under 16. And if it's under 16, I'm just going to let him go do it because he just turned 16. But anyway, so Jordan qualified and I qualified. So yes, I'm going to be fishing in it. Um, but it all depends on when it is too. So, uh, What does that tell you? Tell you all this. I don't shop at Walmart very much, but I was at a shallow Nico bite a couple weeks ago and was in a pinch for some hooks and bought some Eagle Claw Nico hooks. <coughs> Eagle Claw still makes good hooks. I mean, I, just because they're sold at Walmart doesn't mean they're bad. So, uh, any tips to finally locate fish when you just aren't seeing bait and fish on the fish finder? Summertime fishing. Whew. Um, just keep going deeper is all I got to say, or go look for what, what happens a lot is they'll find current or they'll find grass and they'll move into that grass, anything that's creating oxygen. And a lot of times in lakes that you don't see them deep, they're shallow and there's somewhere that they can be and be alive, you know, stay alive. Um, I'll look for water like creeks and stuff running into the lake and that kind of stuff. But that's the first thing that popped into my head was the fact that if they're not deep, they're shallow. If they're not shallow, they're deep. But you got to realize you got to figure out what's holding them there. 
and it might be the grass might be so thick that you can't see bait fish on your fish finder because they're in the grass so oh let's see how can i get rid of wind knots with my spinning gear using 20 pound braid and eight pound fluorocarbon there's two ways i do it if i'm in the water on my kayak or in a boat or anything like that i will cut the, the lure off and i'll lay the line out in the water and let it run as i'm as i'm going forward with my boat or my kayak i lay the line out and i let it run behind the boat and i just keep letting it out you know most of the spool and then i reel it back in and what that did is that it, as it was going out and as that line got tight it was spinning out and it was getting the spin out of your line the other way I do it is if I'm on the bank or if I'm uh, getting my gear ready and I've got one that I notice it has has really bad twist, I'll put a, a sinker on the end of it. I'll tie it on there like a bell sinker or a split shot or a drop shot sinker, something like that. And I'll find a tall tree and I'll find a tall tree that's got a limb hanging off of it. And I will throw it over top of that tree, let it come back down on that sinker and and try to you know make it come all the way down to whether I can reach the sinker, take the sinker off. And just let that line spin off and then reel it back uh, at, back through the tree. Um, those are the two ways I do it. I'm the only one I know of that does the tree trick, but it, it works. I've done it a lot of times. So here, th I love this question. Jerry, man, he says, Fluke, what do you think of the live view sonar fish finders? Almost seems like cheating. No, I don't think it's cheating. I think it should be considered sight fishing, though, um, because I, I, People could snag a fish doing that. I've used them. I've, I've seen that kind of stuff. Um, I really think it ought to be considered sight fishing or something similar to it. Um, other than that, it's just another tool. I've always been all for technical, you know, technological advances and that kind of stuff. More power to them. I hope I get one one day. So, um, any chance you'd make some videos with Tyler's Real Fishing? He's crazy smart for his age. I see him being just like Justin Rackley ten year, in 10 years. Uh, I've done videos with Tyler. I've, stay, I've uh, stayed at his uncle's house. We uh, meet up usually every September. We have a meet and, greet up, meet and greet up in Minnesota when he's up there, and I'm usually up there for the Lumacraft uh, conference. So, yeah, dude, I've done videos with him. Great kid. Absolutely love him. Been, it's been fun watching him grow up. Uh, <laughs> Chad Burton says, went to Gunnersville for the first time. OMG, the grass was crazy. I found your video after I went. And can you talk more on grass specific to Gunnersville? Also, could you do a video on, uh, from Idine grass? That must've been a typo. Sorry, bro. Uh, grass on Gunnersville. You got two major types of grass. There's seven different types of grass that I know of on Gunnersville, but two that you see all the time, eelgrass and hydrilla. And the eelgrass fish uh, grows deep, and so does the hydrilla. And but the eelgrass is starting to take over a lot worse. I treat it like land, to be honest with you. I fish the points of the grass. Anything that sticks out further than anything else, especially along the creek channel or river channel, I'm going to fish it. It's a whole different animal. You've got to literally go sit and watch every video I've done about grass fishing, and you can catch fish on Guntersville anytime you go. But you gotta you gotta put the time out there because they will be in one little bitty spot in that grass and they won't be anywhere else and you have to find that spot and then sit there and milk it uh i've done it a lot it's it's a lot of fun jordan and i were out there the other day and we were uh, 
half a mile from what it seemed like the closest bank catching fish and grass. So uh, let's see. All right, I'm gonna get, we're going to jump way ahead, see if I can catch up with some of these these newer comments. Um, Mr. Rick just bought his first kayak. So it's a whole new way to fish. It is, man. It is so cool. Oh, it's awesome. I, don't get me wrong. I love my boat. I love my Lumacraft. It takes me out on big water. I'm able to find fish fast and everything else. There's just something cool about catching a fish in a kayak. Uh, it's hard to put your finger on what it is. It's just a lot of fun. So, hey, Fluke, Fluke Master, I have big smallmouth in my local river. They are in heavy cover, logs, rocks, bushes. How would you target them? It's only like five feet deep average. Um, I don't know what the current is, but my first thought was just something that's not going to get hung up as much like a, a lightweight Texas rig, quarter ounce Texas rig with a little creature bait on it. Um, a paddle tail or spinner bait. Spinner bait would work really good too. A paddle tail swim bait uh, that is rigged with a, 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 a swim bait head that's weedless. It's got a weighted, uh, the weight is on the hook or on the shaft of the hook. And then you put it up into the bait and it's a, it's a weedless swim bait head is what it is or swim bait hook is what I would throw. Uh, Gabriel Langford, do you do any deer hunting? I don't get a chance to do it too much anymore. Uh, honestly, I'm a better deer hunter than I am a fisherman. I, I used to feed several families every year. Um, shot a lot of big deer. I knew a lot I mean, I was able to, I, it got boring to me, to be honest with you. I could go out and shoot a deer just about every time I was in the woods. I hardly ever hunted out of a stand. I'd just go for a walk and sneak up on them. And it was a lot of fun, uh, but I just got bored with it and stopped doing it. Now I sign up for quota hunts for my kids and we go do quota hunts and camping and have a whole lot of fun. And my boys do all the shooting and I just have a whole lot of fun teaching them how to, how to skin them and how to clean them and all the other stuff that needs to be done after you shoot them. So um best kayak pfd i the only one that i use at this moment is the chinook from uh nrs i if you see my red one that i wear it's starting to fade really bad because i've had it out so much but it is one of those you just when you pick one you want them one that's comfortable you want one that has pockets uh because trust me you're gonna want to have your phone close by you're gonna want to have a couple of baits close by but the biggest thing is is it, it gives you another reason to wear it all the time it, with all your stuff in your pockets. You're like, well, I know where my, my tools are. I know where everything else is. But another thing is, is you want the, 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 uh, the pad to be, or the, the back flotation to be high. So if you got a kayak with a seat that does, uh, it doesn't hit the seat and cause you to lean forward in your seat. You want to be able to be, be as comfortable as you can. So NRS Chinook is the one I recommend. And I, I think they're about $120, $125 but they're really worth it. And I, I've, I personally have met people where that thing has saved their life. So, um, <laughs> Cody Henley, you're in the, the Delta ready for the Hobie BOS, man. I wish I could go out there and fish the Delta. That's on my bucket list. Goodness gracious. Well, have fun. Sorry. I was reading something else. Have fun and good luck, man. Could you do a video on identifying grass and specific tactics for each? Sorry about confusion with IDing. Oh, um, that's so hard to do. 
there's so many different types of grass and it depends on the part of the country you're in. The biggest thing in is, is not so much identifying them, but understanding how the fish locate or um, get positioned on grass. Prime example is Florida. One day they'll be on one type of grass. The other day they may be on another type of grass. They move back and forth. They like edges. Sometimes one type of grass is, is creating more oxygen than the others. And it just all depends. The biggest thing is, is always fish the live grass, the green grass. Stay away from the dead brown stuff or the stuff that's dying. Um, good example, I was fishing the tournament years ago with Ryan. This was the first tournament that Ryan and I ever won together. I caught a 9.98. It's actually the first tournament I ever fished Seaguar as well. Uh, I was using eight pound test fluorocarbon, caught a nine, nine, eight out of the grass, a six, five out of the grass. And we had a total of 25 and a half pounds and won it by, uh, 13 pounds. But, uh, the, the grass, the, the trick was the pattern was, is it was in the, in the fall, early fall in September and the milfoil or the grass that was out there was starting to die off. And I had to go around and spent three days before the tournament, dragging a two ounce jig around, pulling up grass. And I marked three spots that had green grass that were still alive and never caught a fish there, never did anything else and went to on the tournament. And that's where we call all our big fish was on that live grass. So make sure it's live, especially getting to September, October, November. And if you can find the green grass, you'll find the fish. So, but don't worry so much about what, what type of uh, grass it is. It's that's, that's good to know, but I'm one of those guys that has to know the type and the and the and what every tree is and what every bush is and stuff like that. But to catch fish, you really it's not that important. Is there any kayaks for bigger guys, 400 pounds? Whew. I'm not sure. Um, what is the native Titan? Is a really good kayak for big people. What I would suggest because I, I I'm I'm limited in what I know about it, but go on to, to Facebook and go to KBF's website kayak bass fishing uh and ask that question on there and you'll get some big guys who will respond and answer and let you know what their experiences are with certain kayaks uh and then uh ignore all the skinny people seriously you're going to get when you ask that you're going to get 700 different uh, uh, suggestions only pay attention to the big dudes so <laughs> real ramen i'm i'm late darn it <laughs> Uh, oh, and then when you find out, uh, be sure to get a hold of David Fields in Augusta. He's that guy that donated 50 bucks earlier. He's a big dude, too, and I have no clue what kayak to put him in. Um, uh, going to fish heavy milfoil in pads this weekend in Ohio, summer eat. What do you, what do you recommend? Um, with the milfoil? Look for the, the clumpy stuff, the stuff that's got like a big patch here and a big patch here and a big patch here and fish a light Texas rig, like an eighth ounce Texas rig, but fish it on 18 or 17 to 20 pound test fluorocarbon. Um, with pads, I'm either fishing a frog or I'm fishing a weightless worm, a weightless trick worm that you jerk through the pads or I'm horizontal fishing or vertical fishing, not horizontal fishing, vertical fishing, flipping a, a heavy weighted Texas rig into the pads. And I like an ounce and a quarter because I can literally punch a hole through a, through the pads to get into it. So, but that's 65 pound braid, big, heavy rod, but the outside edge is where I'm going to look first. And most of the time I'm going to be fishing that outside edge 
to where the bass will come out and ambush whatever I'm fishing. So, uh, any ideas on what bait to take to Michigan in September in a John boat? To Michigan in September in a John boat. September in Michigan. I don't know what lake you're fishing. Um, Dude, in September in in Minnesota, when I go up there and and, and fish, I I'm and uh, and Lacrosse, Wisconsin, I'm throwing a frog. I'm throwing a frog all day long. But up in Michigan, I don't know. I really don't. Um, all the time I've been there in the, is in the springtime. But uh, I don't know. I, I'd be th I'd be shooting bull up, you know, crap up your butt if I if I uh, if I tried to tell you what I you know what to throw up there. Sorry, man. Uh, dinks and love too. Thanks for the 15 bucks. Hey fluke. What is another rig to fish other than a Ned rig to use when the bite is tough? Uh, thanks for all the info. Uh, a Nico rig is a good one. It really is. It's a different bite though. It's in a different type of, of fishing. You don't feel as much, uh, but, uh, hook it weedless and use a Nico rig. And it's, it literally, you can just bounce it off the bottom. It takes a little bit of learning and watch not only my video, there's several other good videos about the Nico rig out there. I hit the highlights, but there's a lot of detailed videos about the Nico rig and it works really, really good. So, um, ever fish in Pennsylvania? I have not fished in Pennsylvania. So, <laughs> I know you like fishing shallow, but what's the deepest bass you've ever caught? Um, Actually, I don't like fishing shallow. <laughs> I like fishing 12 foot deeper, but that's just me. Uh, and I, and I, I do fish shallow a lot. But anyway, deepest bass I've ever caught, 54 feet. I caught it on a drop shot uh, the day that Mike Buca, the guy that makes the bullshad swim bait, the day that he taught me how to fish a drop, a drop shot many, 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 many years ago. Uh, that, was, that was a big, still the deepest fish I've ever caught. And it was a spotted bass. So... Uh, where are the big bass down in your area? I'm, area? I'm catching them in 20 feet of water, North Carolina off points. Are you using large soft plastics? I'm using 10, 11 and 14 inch worms and I'm catching them in 10 to 12 feet of water right now. Uh, not very deep and it's all a water clarity thing. If it was super clear water, they'd be down 20 feet deep. But right now we don't, we had an algae bloom a couple of weeks ago that kind of murked up the water and they're staying shallow at this point. So, but it's still offshore. I'm still way, way, way offshore. Um, yeah, all my buddies around here can tell you exactly what worm and what color I've been throwing because I've been throwing it for three months. Uh, when pond or small lake fishing, what should I use to target the bigger bass? You got, well, to me, I just I just use bigger baits. And, and it, I go back to a lake that I used to fish uh, when I lived over on the other side of Atlanta there it was a it was a, a neighborhood lake but i started using big giant lizards and big giant worms the magnum lizard from z-man the old monster and even the longer worm and the little fish would bite it but the big fish would would just pick it up and swim off of it off with it so i'd be dragging a texas rig or a carolina rig and all of a sudden my rod would just go away from me and they'd almost rip my rod out of my hand that was a small fish and I just let him take it and then pull it out of his mouth. But the big fish would suck the whole worm in and just kind of start to swim off. And I'd set the hook. Just bigger baits weed out the smaller fish. 
a big swim bait, a big crankbait, that kind of stuff. The small fish know they can't get it in their mouth, so they're not going to get to it. And they're going to, it's only going to get, you're only going to catch big fish. You're not going to get very many bites, but you're going to catch big fish. I like the nine and 11 inch bull shad, but that's a giant bait. And it's like throwing a tennis shoe all day long. Are they generally deeper in the summer or winter? They get deeper in the winter time. In the summertime, most lakes that get really hot, they, they uh, stratify or they, they layer out and you got a thermocline that's the bottom of the oxygenated water. And after that thermocline, it's all dead water. It's just filled with junk and it's just not, the bass can't survive down there long. So they typically don't stay down there very long. And that prevents them from going deeper. In the wintertime, they can go from as deep as they want to, to the shallow as they want to. So do you fizz when catching that deep? When, uh, when do you just learn that word today? Fizzing a fish is when you puncture using a needle, um, and I use a, 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 a syringe needle, but I, I punct, we put it in under a specific, in a specific spot in the fish and go in and puncture their air bladder when you've caught them so deep. Typically, when you're catching them deep and if you can release them right away, they'll go right back down and have be no problem at all, um, and you won't have to fizz them. But if you're going to keep them in your live well during a tournament, which I don't recommend, I hate summer tournaments, when you got to put them in your live well, then you're going to have to fizz them to be able to, to help them survive. And you've really got to do it. You got two options go in through their mouth, which is really risky. There's a lot of vessels and stuff around the inside of their mouth or go just behind their, their pectoral fin or yeah, I think it's called pectoral fin back a few scales and then go under poke in and go at a little angle and you'll hear the water, the air come out, but you can kill them that way too. So you got to be really careful. There's some good videos about it, but, uh, Goodness, goodness. Uh, let's see. Alex Hazel, what hard bait would you use for bass to get to the 10 to 15 foot mark where they're sitting at right now in, uh, in the water column? Oh, and Clint says hi. <laughs> What's going on, Clint? Um, deep diving crankbait because that's where you can really regulate how deep they go uh 13's coming out we just came out with some new ones that are only like seven bucks uh i tested them all i've got a box of the prototypes right here in my office but uh they they're very very true to their depth they work really good i actually caught a few on the prototypes but uh you know deep diving crankbait usually you can find them that go anywhere from 12 to 16 feet deep you can find them that go deeper, but you're talking, you know, 10, 15. So those are the ones I look for. Uh, the DD-22 is the old classic. Uh, the the 6, the, what do you call it? The uh, Strike King uh, 6XD goes that deep, that kind of stuff. Uh, just, you know, that's what I would be throwing as a crankbait. So how should I fish a swim bait in a small lake? I'd fish it the same way I fished in a big lake, really just fast. I, I, in a, in shallow water, in small water, or even in small areas on a big lake where I know there's a lot of fish, I'm going to fish a swim bait fairly fast, just under the surface. And I'm just going to be an erratic swim. And I'm just going to jerk my rod around and make this thing do crazy stuff in that really super shallow water. And what that does is it gives a bass a target. And they know that the bait that's swimming real close to the surface can't go any further. 
they're not going to get away going away from the fish and the bass going to come up underneath them and eat them but you're it's a reaction bite it's a oh there's a bait oh it's leaving i gotta go get it and that's that's kind of what it is so uh thomas goodness says gene that advice you gave me the other day on instagram was very beneficial good man i appreciate it i'm glad it helped that's awesome did you did you catch anything? That's all I want to know. What what bait to throw bank fishing in Georgia? Um, I don't think it matters where you're at. More of a water temperature thing and a clarity thing. But in the summertime, I throw soft plastics 99% of the time, unless I'm trying to catch them on a crankbait. Today I was throwing a deep diving crankbait a little bit more than I normally have because my my soft plastics bite kind of slowed down a lot over the last few days. So I was trying a crankbait. That didn't work. But Anyway, those are the two things I typically throw in the summertime, at least now. It changes all the time. I have to make videos. I have to make new videos all the time. So I'm always trying new things or trying to get to the point where I'm uh, where I'm, you know, not making the same video over and over again. If I made the same video over and over again the last three months, because all I've been fishing is that slow drag Texas rig, that's all you'd get is a video on the Texas rig, just like I did three months ago. He says, yes, absolutely good. Congratulations, Thomas. That's awesome. Uh, Johnny Ringo. Oh, I love that movie. Anyway, I know you fish bluegill. Are they back on beds for a second spawn yet, or is it too early? I don't know where you live. Ours have already spawned three times, and they're done here in Georgia. Um, that They start spawning in, they started spawning in April this year, and they are spawn, spawn in April, May, and June. Or they spawn a little bit in April, but mostly May, June, July. Are the are when they started to spawn. They're all done now. So, um, let's see. Star Cook, Gene. I live in North Carolina, and I have I'm, and having trouble with the topwater bite in the morning. Trying to figure out if it's just the facts fact it's too hot or what. Any suggestions? Whew. Let me think for a minute. Um, my thought is that you're, I don't know if you're bank fishing or fishing from a boat or what, but the fish tend to go really shallow into the edge of cover at night and they're cruising along the edge of like grass lines and they're on the outside edge of, of trees, really, really shallow trying to find stuff. And I catch more fish super, super shallow early in the morning on top water than I do anywhere else. So if you're, if you don't think you're fishing shallow enough, go, go shallower and you'll be able to find them. Dan, thanks for the five bucks, man. He says, and I just clicked on it. He says, uh, greetings from Syracuse. Oh, I love Syracuse, New York. Thousand Islands is one of my favorite places on the planet. Love your channel. Was wondering if you've ever fished New York and if so, what, uh, you've done well with here. Oneida is my home lake. Uh, the only time I fished in New York is over in Buffalo. I have a media event that I go to every year. Of course, it was canceled this year, but it's in May and we go smallmouth fishing and we fish the uh, Niagara River for like um, uh, trout and uh, what else do we catch? Whatever bites, smallmouth bass, that kind of stuff. And it's just a blast. That's the only time I've ever fished New York. So I don't know much about it any other time than May. But thanks for the five bucks, man. I appreciate it. Johnny, thanks for the five bucks, man. Johnny Ringo. Gosh almighty. You're going to make me want to go watch that movie now. 
Um, I'm in a walking boot from ankle surgery. Any tips for better bass bank fishing? Oh no, dude. Oh, I was in a walking boot in the army for six months because I broke my leg in a stupid reason, stupid way. It wasn't me doing something stupid. A sergeant told me to do something stupid and I did it and broke my leg. But anyway, um, dude, I don't know. <laughs> Just be careful. The biggest thing, get your, have yourself a little small chair to sit on a little packing chair. A little, I have a little small tripod chair that I have in my truck for when I forget the, my camp chair, but yeah, have somewhere to sit and rest. Uh, Russ Dennis. Uh, hey brother, how do you feel about Seaguar and Vizex? Because I really like, especially in the higher pound test. Um, in 2006 was, I bought my first spool of Invisex. It was eight pound test. I talked about this, uh, uh earlier today that when I used it the first time, but it was Invisex. I fished a tournament. I caught a 9.98 pound bass out of the grass and that eight pound line cut through the, the milfoil like it was butter. And from then on, I've been hooked. Um, Seaguar to me, and I'm sponsored by them now, but I haven't made this only been a couple of two, three years. <clears throat> it is the best line on the market. They love making the best line on the market. It's not, they're trying not, not trying to make the most money out of the cheapest crap. They're making good stuff and, and, you know, enough to make money to be able to keep the business going. I love it. I love it. I I've graduated to a Brazex now. Um, but Invisex is still a great line. I just love it. Anyway, um, let's see. We're at about an hour. Before I end real quick, guys, I just want to remind you uh, to register to vote. I am, I, I'm not political. It is not my place to tell anybody how and where and, and you know who to vote for. I refuse to do that. Uh, I'm an againstocrat. I always vote against the worst person. And so I'm not here to tell you how to vote. Just go register to vote. The election in November is critical. Um, it's a very important time in our in our nation's history. And and do your research and everything else. But go register. Just going to remind you guys to do that. But guys, I appreciate you joining me. I am sorry I didn't get to everybody's comment. Be sure to go to my website, flutemaster.com. Buy a sticker. Stick it on something. Post it on Instagram. Hashtag. Uh, stuck on fluke and enter the tournament or enter enter the giveaway where I give away a $50 gift card to tackle warehouse and a $50 gift card to my website. That's a hundred bucks. And then next May or yeah, end of next May, I'm going to draw from all the winners and then I'm going to come to whoever won. I'm going to come to your house and take you fishing. So like guys, y'all are awesome. I really appreciate it. Like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing, introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water, go out and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.